Your experience at Joy Church will be unlike any church service you have ever attended before. We are not about religion. We are about a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. At Joy Church, you'll hear live and vibrant praise and worship music. You will be loved and encouraged. You will be confident that your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and safe environment. You'll be assured that your youth will be loved and accepted not only for who they are, but challenged to become who they were created to be. At Joy Church, God's Word is delivered through creative, humorous, and relative teaching that will help you apply the Bible to your life. There is a place here at Joy Church just for you, where you can begin to develop a vibrant and exciting relationship with Jesus Christ and discover your divine destiny. Amen. We are in installment number three of a series that we've entitled This Time. And I love the subtitle, we're helping you overcome discouragement in your life. Now, I can tell you here in Tennessee, there's so much going on all over the place, and I don't know where you are, but it's a beautiful day out today, and so I know that there's some folks outside. I get that, but I want you to know a lot of folks have been cooped up for a long time. Let me give you a, a, just a, a, a study, a survey that just came out that is really eye-opening. I mean, this is when I saw this, it was really eye-opening. Check it out. This was done uh, the, the week of April 3rd through the 6th, so it was quite a while ago, but watch what happened. Check it out. Uh, this is the Kelton Global Study. 72% of respondents said that they would reach a mental breaking point if the shutdown continues past June 1st. Think of that. Look at, look at number two. Check it out. A hundred percent of the respondents, and it was about 1,900 people surveyed, said that they would have some emotional or some mental breakdown if the shutdown lasted six months. Wow. That is really powerful. And li li listen, listen to me. Li look, look at me closely. There are a whole lot worse things than a virus. You need to know that. And I, and I understand we're going to be wise and we're going to be safe and we're going to do all the things that we need to do, but we need to get a whole lot of people back to work. Again, safely, wisely, governmental, yeah, I get all of that, but I'm telling you right now, there's some people that have been cooped up in their apartment and they are really overcoming discouragement. So I want you to know that this message is extremely timing, timely and is going to help you in a tremendous way so that you don't find yourself in one of those statistics. Now, over the last number of weekends, we've been talking to you about 11 dynamics of discouragement, but I don't want to go through those again lest I discourage you. So I want to open up once again to our key verse, Numbers chapter 21. We're going to look at verse 4 and 5 one more time. This is our anchor verse, our key verse for this series. Check it out. Numbers 21, 4 and 5. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. They were discouraged 
on the way because the way was a little bit harder than they thought. The why, they had a whole bunch of questions and the wait was taking longer than they thought. And because of that, they were discouraged on the way. Last weekend, we began to talk to you about how to discourage your discouragement. And I love that. We're going we're gonna to discourage your discouragement. We'll review very quickly and jump into some new territory today, helping you overcome discouragement in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, if I could climb through the cameras and touch your life, I would do that. I love what I'm about to preach today. If I get a little bit excited, you're going to just have to bear with me. I had one guy, he's watching all the way from Nebraska. He gave his life to Jesus. And here's what he said. He said, when you regather, he said, this is what he said. He said, I'm going to make the trip all the way from Nebraska to Tennessee so that you can water baptize me. That's true. Isn't that, isn't that precious? He's going to go all the way from Nebraska to get water baptized here in Tennessee. I like that. I like that a lot. Isn't that on the, so I'm telling you right now, you're making a difference, church. In spite of all of this, you're making a major, major difference. Let's review very quickly. Number one, we began to talk to you last weekend. Be honest with God, but end up with praise. It's okay to pour out your heart to God. He knows how you feel, but make sure you end up with praise. Remember the life point? It really summarized what we we're trying to say. It's okay to start out with how you feel as long as you end up with what he says. Ah, oh, man, we live in a society that literally worships their feelings. Thank God for feelings. I say it all the time. Let them in your car. Just don't let them in the driver's seat. It's fine to tell God how you feel, but man, finish with what he says. Second thing that we talked to you about, number two, was develop determination. In order to overcome discouragement, you've got to, I've got to, develop determination. Remember the life point? I talk about this all the time, and it's so true. Tenacity is a necessity to fulfill your destiny. Oh my goodness, is that important? I've got to, you've got to have tenacity. One thing about this pastor that you need to know, I'm sure not perfect. You can tell that by my white jeans. But I do want you to know one thing I really got down is I don't know how to quit. I really don't. I just don't have any quitting sense. I just won't give up. I like that about me. Third thing that you need to know, check it out, is recognize that you're not alone. Now, you may be sitting there in your apartment and you've got nobody with you. But listen to me very, very closely. You're not alone. If you're a born-again child of God, God is with you. And I know sometimes we're going through all that we're going through, and we're kind of thinking, man, what I'm going through is unique, and it's special, and it's, and it's different. But remember the life point that we share with you, and it's so true. Check it out. If you think your problem is special, it will be especially hard to overcome. I got a question for you. What do you want more? Sympathy or your Savior? What do you want more? Do you want attention or do you want answers? I don't know about you, but I want answers. 
That catches us up to date. How many ready for new territory? Got a few more with me today. Our governor lifted some restrictions, and so we're building back. I, I was thinking back, you know, I started, I started back a, a long time ago, uh, decades ago, and we started a Bible Institute, and I remember our first year, we had seven students. So things really in 30 years have come up full circle. Uh, now, the only thing that is different is we got a much bigger building. We had seven students in a very small building, but now we have seven people in a very large building. <laughs> so I know how to preach. I, I remember. I remember how to preach to a small crowd with a big voice. So I'm going to do it again. So let's jump into new territory. Number four, I love it. Check it out. Do the basics. If you're going to overcome discouragement, do the basics. Now, one of my pet peeves as a pastor is what I call the get deep crowd. I, I, I just got to go deep, pastor. I want deep. I want deep, pastor. I, God, when I need deeper. Listen to me very closely. When you're struggling with discouragement, just simply do the basics. I'm a big college football fan, and listen to me. We need to have college football. I don't care if they have to play in empty stadiums. I want college football. Is that too much to ask? Please. So I, I'm a big football guy, and I can tell you something about a football team that's losing. Anytime you begin to lose, a good coach will always say, you got to get back to the basics. You got to. If you're going to win, if you're going to start winning, you've got to get back to the basics. Let me give you some thoughts about the basics. They're two simple ones, but they're very, very true. Get back to the basics. Number one, check it out. Patience is the ability to do what you know to do when it seems like nothing is changing. It's a great definition. That's a Pastor Jim definition of patience. It is the ability to continue to do what you know to do when you don't see anything that's changing. Why is that imperative? And then the second thing that you need to know about, simply doing the basics, number two, check it out, learn to make positive decisions in the midst of negative days. Pastor, what do you mean? Listen to me very closely. During times like this, and particularly in times like this, you need structure. Now, now look at me. A lot of you, I guess there's now 30 million people, and don't quote me on this, 30 million people approximately that have lost their job. Think of that. 30 million people, that's phenomenal. So you have a lot of folks right now that are out of work. But more important than ever, even if you're at home and you've got nothing going on, you still need structure. Because God created us in a way that we function best in structure. I want you to think about it for just a moment. You, you remember Noah? And of course, the, the, the whole thing was chaotic. He was, the whole world was flooded, and he was on that ark for a long time. And finally, when he got off that ark, the first thing that God said to him in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, he said, as long as the earth remains, that there will be winter, and there will be summer, and there will be cold, and there will be heat, and there will be sowing, and there will be reaping. In other words, listen to me closely. He was creating structure for a man going through or had just gone through chaos. God wants us to live in structure. Even if you got no job right now, still you could sleep in a little bit, 
but don't sleep in all day. Seriously, don't, don't stay up all night. Don't sleep all night. Still get up at the same time every day and go to bed at the same time every day and get up and start with the basics. Get into the Word of God. No Bible, no breakfast. Put God first. And then spend some time in prayer and in worship and, and just with the Lord. Allow some structure in your life. Listen, listen, exercise. You, you heard me, exercise. I, I see you laying there. You're jiggling even while you're laying there. Get some structure in your life even right now. Do the basics. Be wise with your finances. Continue to tithe. Continue to pray. Continue to give. Continue to love other people. A big shout out to the Masseys, a wonderful, beautiful couple, Jason and Shelly. They were so kind to, to reach out and to touch Miss Ann and I this uh, last week. They did something real sweet and thoughtful. I love that. I watch and enjoy church people all over in the midst of all the negativity, still reaching out and touching others. Structure, do the basics. So proud of our community outreach pastor. Of course, we're feeding uh, literally hundreds of people, giving away thousands and thousands of dollars of groceries to people that are out of work and that are hurting. Uh, he and his team led six people to the Lord that they fed last week. Isn't that awesome? A whole family gave their life to the Lord. A 15-year-old boy and a 19, or a 15-year-old girl and a 19-year-old young man gave their life to the Lord. And of course, they don't get out of the cars. You know, we, we have to do all the social distancing and all of that. We hand them the groceries from a distance and all of that. And literally, they, they roll down their windows and they're being led to the Lord through the way. This is drive-through salvation. I like that. Not, this is not the Burger King. This is Jesus is the King. That's good preaching right there for live streaming. I can tell you that right now. So we're going to do the basics. Come on, say it out loud right at home. Do the basics. If you're going to go overcome discouragement, you don't need deep. You just simply need to do the basics. Fifth thing that we need to understand is we overcome discouragement. Check it out is you got to rehearse past victories. This is huge. Rehearse past victories. You remember David? Before he ever went against Goliath, 1 Samuel 17 and verse 37, he recounted how he whooped that lion and whooped that bear. He rehearsed those past victories. Two things that you need to know about this. Number one, check it out. Rehearsing past victories will stir you up to future triumphs. And then the second thing that you need to know, check it out. When you rehearse past victories, you will develop faith in his faithfulness. I can tell you something I know about God. 36 years of ministry, your God, look at me out there, your God is faithful. Really, there's two things I've learned over 36 years of ministry. There's one God and I'm not him. And then number two, your God is faithful. He's faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, faithful is he that calls you that will also do it. You remember the guy that got you the job in the first place? That was God. So you say, well, Pastor, I lost my job. Well, the God that got you the job in the first place can give you another one. 
You mean right in the midst of this economy, right in the midst of all this is going on? Right in the midst of it. Your God is faithful. So if you're going to overcome discouragement, just go back and remember, my God did this, and my God did that, and I remember when he did this, and I remember when I overcame that. And it'll begin to lift something on the inside of you. Man, this time too. Just the, that's the title of the message, this time. If we're going to overcome discouragement, the next thing that we need to understand, number six, is offer a sacrifice of praise. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, to offer God the sacrifice of praise, that's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name continually. Offer God a sacrifice of praise. Listen, I, I, in here, I listened to, didn't they do a beautiful job in praise? We're, we're slowly adding back, and I love we had a couple of more wonderful singers, and, then, and they just did so beautifully. It was just so easy to lift our hands and worship God, and so special to see a mother and a daughter up there worshiping God together. So special and so precious. The sacrifice of praise. That's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name continually. Let me give you two thoughts about that that are so true. I'm going to actually give you three. Check it out. When there is a sacrifice, something must die. Praise kills negative emotions. In the old covenant, you know it, there were animal sacrifices. But in the new covenant, there is a sacrifice of praise, and still something must die. It's no longer animals, although I wouldn't mind sacrificing a few cats. I can already see in the chat right now, they're all, the, all, the, all the cat lovers are chatting right in, and they're, and they're right now typing in, ah, oh, that's catastrophic that you would say that, Pastor. Yeah, that's what I thought you cat lovers would say. Ronnie Jantz, I see you out there. I see you out there. And I want you to know, listen to me, it's not animals that need to die in the New Testament. It's our negative emotions. We are to offer the Lord a sacrifice of praise. That's the fruit of our lips, giving thanks continually to his name. Second thing that you need to know about that sacrifice is praise produces perspective. When you give your God praise, you magnify him and you minimize problems. Oh, magnify. How many times does David say in the Psalms, oh, magnify the Lord. What are you doing? Theologically, he's no bigger than he always was, but in your life, all of a sudden, your God becomes bigger than anything called COVID. Which, by the way, if I never hear that word again, I'm fine with. And I do want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, magnify your God. When you magnify your God, you will minimize your problem. Watch too many Christians worship their God at the altar of small thinking. And listen to me. Your God is as big as you praise him to be. And he's only as big as the thing that it takes to discourage you. 
So whatever is discouraging, I want you to know it's as big as your God. But if you'll begin to understand your God is bigger than anything that could or would discourage you. If you please understand with me, you have to give somebody your permission to discourage you. You have to give a circumstance your permission to discourage you. And I say, no, you don't have my permission. I'm going to magnify the Lord. And then remember what the psalmist said over and over and over in the book of Psalms. He said in Psalm chapter 3 that God is the glory and the lifter up of our head. Now, what's he talking about? He's not talking about God physically lifting up your head, Lauren, but what he is talking about is changing your perspective. When you give God praise, all of a sudden, your perspective changes, and so does mine. Third thing that you need to know about praise, the best time to praise God is when you don't feel like it. You say, Pastor, I know that. Well, when are you going to do it? One thing to know it. It's a whole other thing to do it. That's the best time when you don't feel like it. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling low is the best time to give God praise. Put on Isaiah 61 says the garment of praise for, in exchange for, the spirit of heaviness. Next thing you need to understand, and this is really, really simple, but it's really important. Number seven, check it out. Get some rest. Now, for some of you, get less rest. <laughs> I was talking to a doctor today. No, I'm fine. This is a doctor that's on, on volunteer staff or that I love. A shout out to Dr. Travis. We were just connecting in love and, uh, today, and I just love him, and I love Amy, and I love their family. Shout out to you watching with us live streaming. He and I were joking a little bit back and forth because a lot of people, you know, they, they, they don't have the structure that they used to and they're out of work and then, you know, on and on. Man, this is one of the most productive times in my life and in his life and we were talking about that. We could probably use a little bit more rest. Some of you could use a little less rest. Some of you, some of you, some of you college folks, you, you, you're, you're, you're superpower. You know how all these little, the Marvel comic guys they all have superpower, you know, Thor and his hammer and, and all of that. And, and some of your college, you have the, the, the supernatural power to sleep in till noon. Any, any, any of you adults out there, you remember when you could, you, you could used to do that when you were in college to sleep in the noon. I, I couldn't if I tried. You have supernatural power to sleep. Come on. Some of you need some rest. Some of you need to get up before noon for the love of God. But listen to me closely. We need rest. Our bodies, God just created us that way. We need to rest mentally. One of the first things that God instituted was with man after creation, his first day of existence was to rest with God, and it's not resting from work, it's resting for work. It's just imperative that we, some of it just needs some rest, and if you don't know what I mean, check this out. It's so good to see you, and oh my goodness, that sermon has been one of your best that I've ever heard. It was glow. I could feel the glory of the service, wasn't it? I felt the glory. Time's up, sweetheart. Look at cookies. Hey, Pastor, that service was so great. I cannot tell you enough. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, you okay? Yes, sir. It was it was so good. Listen, I'm gonna come back. 
You better believe that. Well, look, I'm glad my message was such a blessing to oh, you. Oh, my gosh. What was it that's blessed you so much that just touched your heart that gave you this much energy, brother? You cured me of my sleep disorder, Pastor. I haven't slept like that in ages. Woo! Amen, right? Am I right? Now, before you write us any mean emails, that was filmed all before the social distancing. I know, I, saw, I, see, I see you Pharisees out there going, you people were shaking hands. No, this was filmed a long time ago, so don't you be mad at us. But come on, you know that was funny. I mean, I only have seven or eight people here in the audience, but four of them are sleeping right now. That's really the only reason that I'm yelling here in this empty auditorium is to keep them awake. Some of you need some practicalities in that simply rest. Let me give you a couple of thoughts on that, and they're simple, but they're very profound. Number one, check it out. You're two people. You're who you are on eight hours of sleep and who you are on four hours of sleep. And I've met both of you. <laughs> I want you to know that. I've met both of you, we, we, we have our multimedia director. If you like all the, the videos that we do, uh, Chad Davis does a phenomenal job. He's just doing a great, a wonderful job. But I've met Chad on eight hours of sleep. Oh, my goodness, that's fun, Chad. I love him. But I've met sleepy Chad before. Ooh, his wife knows he is not fun. You're two people, and you need to know that. Second thing that you need to know about rest, many times you're simply one good night's sleep away from a new perspective. Just go to bed. Stop playing Fortnite. Just go to bed and wake up to his new mercies. Lamentations chapter 3, 21 through 23, the Bible says that his mercies are new every single morning. I love God's mercy. What's God's mercy? Pastor, listen to me. Because of my sin, I deserve hell. But because of my Savior, I get heaven. That's what mercy is. And every single day, I get to wake up to his new mercies. Thank you, Jesus. The next thing that we need to understand if you're going to overcome discouragement, and you can, and we must, number eight, associate with the motivated. Now, you've heard me talk about this a lot. I, I'm really big on relationships, and so this is nothing new if you've been here at Joy Church, but we have so many, literally thousands of people tuning in that are new. I want them to see this as well, but it really does not hurt. We learn by repetition. I share this all the time. You know it's true. Number one, check it out. Association really does give you motivation for your destination. Number two, you know it's true. Right voices, right choices. And then number three is absolutely right. Right connections, right directions. Whoever has your ear has your future. You need to know that. And listen, can I give you a piece of advice? Please stay up to speed on what's going on, but do not become addicted to the media. And I'm watching Christians that are literally addicted to media. Pastor, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not addicted. You're, I'm not watching television. You may not be watching television, but you're addicted to media maybe on your Facebook or, or, or whatever. People right now are addicted to media. And again, stay up to speed, stay up, be current. I'm doing that. 
But there's a difference between being current and informed and addicted to. You're not missing anything. It's same old, same old. And if you're looking to them to encourage you, you're looking at the wrong place. If you're looking to them for hope, you're looking to the wrong place. They don't know anything. They're stumbling through life. They're stumbling through darkness. You have the truth. You have the Word of God. And whoever has your ear has your future. So I'm very cautious about who has my ear. And you need to be as well. Number nine is we're overcoming discouragement. This is so true. And this is my favorite one today. I love this. Encourage yourself. Now let me just camp here for a moment. And if I can, I have an assignment for you. I won't turn to these verses, but I do want you sometime today, sometime, check out these verses from 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 8. Matter of fact, read the whole chapter because you're going to see something really, really powerful. You got David and his mighty men, and they are succeeding in war everywhere. And then all of a sudden, they're at a place called Ziglag. Ziglag literally means in the Hebrew language, overwhelming despair. And there at Ziglag, the Amalekites came, and they literally ransacked the camp while David and the soldiers were out. They took the wives and the daughters and the sons and all of the goods and, 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 and things that, that, that David and his, and his men had, and they literally looted the place. I mean, think about that for just a minute. Maybe you were doing really well in ministry or really well in a business that you just started or things were going really well, and then all of a sudden, here comes this crazy virus out of nowhere, and you get laid off or, 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 what, or you get furloughed or whatever the case may be. And man, things are going so well out here. And then out of nowhere, here comes overwhelming despair. Here comes Ziglag. And man, all of the soldiers came back from this. And I mean, all of their wives were gone and their kids were gone and their goods were gone. And think about that. The Bible literally says that David in his, and his men wept until they could weep no more. And I really love that one word, until. Because I could just see them crying and I could just see them, oh my goodness, until. Uh, they were overwhelmed with despair, until. And there's got to be at some point an until in your life. Do, do you hear me? There's got to be an until. Listen, I, I get it. I get what you're going through. And I don't want to be tried about it. It's, it's not easy. It's challenging. But you've got to come to the conclusion there must be an until in your life. That's enough. That's enough crying until they could weep no more. And when they stopped being led by their feelings, then all of a sudden David said, get me the ephod. And that's the priestly garment. I need to hear from God. And I want you to think about this. The people that were so mad at David because all of their, their family was gone and their goods were gone, they wanted to stone David. Now, can you imagine how tough that must have been on the leader? I, as, a, as a leader, I get that. You make decisions as best you can, and you're doing everything you can to help the people. But then some things go wrong, and it's like, ah, just stone them. And I don't mean like they mean in Colorado. Oh, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean that, so don't get any ideas. I mean, stone them. And so think about that. David, not only is, I mean, his family's gone too. 
And now his own men want to stone him. And so he goes to God. He puts on the ephod and he goes to God. He says, okay, God, what do, what do we need to do? And God tells him very clearly, and I love this, encourage David. The Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And when David encouraged himself in the Lord, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8 says, if you will pursue, you will, listen, listen, this is a word for you. You will recover all. That was such a good point. I'm going to look at a different camera. You will recover all. Let that be a word to you. If you're laid off, if you're furloughed, you will recover all. Well, Pastor, how do you know? Would you just receive God's word? That wasn't just for David. That principle can speak to you today. But here's the key. Before you even think about recovering all, you've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. There's no way you're going to hear from God when your feelings are down. Listen to me very closely. You never, and I mean never, you never change direction in a valley. You change direction on a peak. Because if you change direction, that's why God had to get David out of that valley before he could ever direct him. If you make your decisions when you're down and when you are discouraged, nine out of ten times you will make the wrong decision. John, and I want you to know it's imperative that you encourage yourself in the Lord. You don't change direction in a valley. You change it on a peak. You encourage yourself. Then and only then, David got direction from God. And God said, pursue and you will recover all. So they go out in the desert and they find this Egyptian dude running around. They bring him over to the camp and, and he was um, a slave of the Amalekites and he got sick along the way. And so they just, the, the Amalekites were awful people and so they just let him go to die. And the Bible says that they fed him some, a cake of figs and, and gave him a bunch of raisins. And the Bible says his spirit came back to him. You know what that was? That was a sugar rush. He, he was out in the desert, hadn't eaten anything, he was sick, and he got he had some raisins, oh, right on, let's go. That's, I mean, that's what happened. Cake of figs and raisins. And so the Bible literally says, the Spirit came back to him, he says, hey, follow me and I'll take you where these Amalekites are. And so they, and this is God's person to lead them there, and they're out in the doggone desert. They're, they don't have Siri to ask, where do we go? So here they are, they find them, and I love this. The Bible talks about, think about this. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 17, they went down, they found the Amalekites. Here's their family, here were all of their goods. And the Bible says two of them couldn't even go. Two, two, sorry, 200 of them couldn't even go. So only 400 guys went with David. And the Bible says that they fought the Amalekites from dusk to evening of the next day. Think of that. From dusk on one day to the evening of the next day, they fought. And they didn't, have, they didn't stop and get like a protein shake in the middle of the fight or whatever. There was no cake of figs or any of that. From the dusk to the evening of the next day, they fought. 
And the Bible says, and here's exactly what happened, from the greatest to the small, all the wives, all the children, all the goods, they recovered all. They recovered all. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 20, the Bible said not only did they recover all, but David got the spoils or the goods of the Amalekites as well. So not only did they recover all that they lost, they got more simply double for their trouble. Why not believe that as a word from God to encourage you today? And it's going to start with you encouraging yourself in the Lord. Man, I'm about to preach. I'm, I'm already am. Wait, what, no, it's okay. Oh, pastor, that, what, what do you mean encourage? How do I do that? How do I tangibly encourage myself in the Lord? It's really simple. You simply have to begin to believe what God said about you more than the circumstances are saying about you, more than somebody says about you. Listen, I learned a long time ago, I give people permission to bring me down when I value what they say about me more than what God says about me. So here's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. You simply take Scripture, what God says about you, what God says about your circumstances, and begin to praise Him with it. Father, I just want to thank you, Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 that you are for me, who can be against me? I just want to thank you, Romans 8 and verse 37, that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I want to thank you, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, that you caused me to always triumph. Isaiah 54 and verse 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Words spoken against me in judgment, I do condemn and render helpless. Psalm 34 and verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers me out of them all. Begin to encourage yourself. Psalms 91, 10, no evil shall befall me and no plague, no virus, no COVID shall come near me. And you begin to take the promises of God and what God said about you and about your circumstances and begin to speak them back to him. That's when his word does not return to him void. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 is when you return his word back to him. When you believe it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, that's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. And if you will do that, I believe that you will recover all plus some to boot. I can tell you this, I've preached my wife happy. I've preached Lisa Wright happy. I have preached Paula Goldner happy. And there at home, you thousands and thousands of people, I hope I've preached you happy because I've preached myself happy. Now there's four or five people here that I'm still working on. But the message is not over yet. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Next thing that we need to understand is we're overcoming discouragement together, and I love this. Check it out. So where you need to go. So 
where you need to go. Now, it's pretty simple. Okay, let me give you a live point that'll really help bring this thing home. Pretty simple. Check it out. What you make happen for another, God will make happen for you. If you're out there and you are discouraged today, may I challenge you to encourage somebody else even though you need encouragement. So where you want to go? Give it away. You need encouragement? Give it away. You need smiles? Give them away. You need love? Give it away. I cannot tell you during this time how many Pastor Jim notes that I have written to people because I just decided a long time ago I am not going to get down. So, Pastor, now wait a minute. Come on. You, you, you're not, you're not going to get... Listen to me. Here's, here's my life stance. I don't get down. I'm either up or I'm getting up. I'm either up or I'm getting up. Those are my only two stances. So, Pastor, get real. You get real. I'm getting up. Your Bible says in Proverbs 24 and verse 60, I'm having a hard time. They have me now staying within a certain box because of all the lighting and all the... I'm having a hard time staying in my box right now because I'm literally very excited about this message. Your Bible says in Proverbs 24 and verse 16 that the righteous man, when he falls, he gets up seven times. Victory is simply getting up one more time than you've fallen. I'm either up or I'm getting up. I'm not winning or I'm losing. I'm winning or I'm learning. So where you want to go? If you are discouraged today, give encouragement away and you will be surprised how what you make happen for another God will make happen for you. And then lastly, number 11, and we're going to land this plane as we're overcoming discouragement together. And I love this truth. Number 11, check it out. That time, this time, and every time. That time, this time, and every time. That time, this time, and every time. Let me give you a life point that will accentuate what I'm trying to say. This is so simple. Check it out. The devil doesn't mind if you have a that time or a sometime. He'll just tell you you're not going to have victory this time. And if you buy into that lie and it is a lie, then that will discourage you. But as I mentioned, that time, this time, every time. Come on, right at your home. Say it. You, you, you need to say it out loud. And I don't care who you're with. Come on, say it out loud. That time, this time, every time. Come on, one more time. That time, this time, every time. When you say that out loud, it brings encouragement to your spirit. That time, this time, every time. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, I quoted it a moment ago that God causes you to always triumph. Always is that time, this time, every time. I did a little Greek study on that word always, and I was amazed, Greg and Wally, to find out that it means always. That time, this time, and every time. A verse that I've really been camping on here lately over the last couple of weeks has been Proverbs 15 and verse 15. I love this proverb. And it literally says that a man or a woman with a merry heart has a continual feast. Listen to me closely. It's really not talking about your circumstances. 
It's literally talking about no matter what's going on on the outside, if you have a merry heart, you can have a continual buffet in your life. A merry heart, a man or woman with a merry heart has a continual feast. I've been saying that everywhere I go. Thank you, Father, I have a merry heart. And it's amazing, when you have a merry heart, everywhere you look is a buffet. Even though there's negative circumstances all around you, a man or woman with a merry heart has a continual feast. Now listen to me. Some of you out there, you've been fighting discouragement, and I get that, and I don't want to be tried about it, and I, I, I don't want to be flippant about it. I really don't. But I want you to know that if you're a born-again child of God, you literally have a well. Galatians chapter 5, uh, 23 and 24, 22 and 23, literally talk about the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of you. You have a well of nine different fruits if you're a born-again child of God. The first three are love, joy, and peace. Love, joy, and peace. You have a well of love, joy, and peace on the inside of you. And I need you to stop praying for love or praying for peace or praying for joy. You already have those. They are on the inside of you right now. If and only if you're a born-again child of God, that love, God's love, that joy, God's joy, that peace, God's peace, you have a well of it on the inside of you. And what I need you to do is I need you to drop your bucket. How, Pastor, how to do that? Drop your bucket into that well with your words and begin to draw from God's love his joy and his peace. Father, I just want to thank you, Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Father, I, I just want to thank you. The joy, Nehemiah 8, 10, of the Lord is my strength. I want to thank you, Philippians chapter 4, 6, and 7, that I have the peace of God, not my own peace, the peace of God which guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. When you do that, you're dropping your bucket into that well with your words and you're lifting out his love, his joy, his peace, and it will begin to flood your soul and overcome the discouragement in your life. Listen to me one last time. That time. This time. Every time.